The Blood Flow Restriction Podcast is brought to you by Saga, a world leader in innovative BFR technology. For more information on our Bluetooth-enabled auto-calibrating BFR cuffs, head over to our website at saga.fitness. And if you'd like to pick up a set for yourself, you can save 20% with the discount code BFRPODCAST. Today's topic is around muscle growth of non-occluded limbs in BFR training, particularly chest and shoulders, but we'll touch a bit on glutes as well. This episode was inspired by Menno Henselman's completely worth a follow if you're not following him already. He published on Instagram or posted on Instagram his review of a recent study, which of course will be linked in the show notes, uh, sorry, meta-analysis that will be linked in the show notes called the effects of upper body blood flow restriction training on muscles located proximal to the applied occlusive pressure, a systematic review with meta-analysis. So this, this meta-analysis included nine studies. The aim was as it sounds like, to evaluate the effect of BFR training on non-occluded muscles, so primarily the chest and shoulders. And I think the feedback I've gotten so far on the podcast is it seems like the shorter, more direct-to-the-point episodes seem to do really well, and so I'm going to try to do that and go a little bit less into theory and go right into Menno's review. And I'm just going to read it verbatim because he did a great job kind of breaking down his thoughts on this study. So skipping the first portion, he gives a bit of an explanation on what BFR training is, but then he jumps to the idea is that this metabolic stress, he's referring to the occluded limbs, enhances muscle growth, but the theory that metabolic stress causes muscle growth has been largely debunked over the last years. Uh, Jerry's still out there. We're going to jump into that shortly. Case in point, a new meta-analysis confirms previous evidence that katsu training increases growth not just in the occluded muscle groups, but also in the non-occluded muscle groups. Katsu bench presses have been found to stimulate just as much extra growth in the chest as in the triceps, for example. Similarly, katsu squats have been found to stimulate extra growth in the glutes. These findings challenge the idea that the local metabolic stress in the occluded muscle is responsible for the greater gains. You feel the occluded muscle groups a lot more but they're not actually growing more than the other involved muscles. It seems that blood flow restriction just makes the whole exercise more difficult, which increases muscle activity and tension in all involved muscles, thereby stimulating greater muscle growth. The cause of growth still seems to be mechanical, not metabolic. This is great news for katsu enthusiasts. Katsu training is massively underrated. Tool for injured athletes in particular as it allows you to stimulate maximum muscle growth with very light weights, sparing your connective tissues from the burdens of heavy lifting. Okay, so let's jump right in, and I'm going to touch right on uh, a note that he made there, which is the theory that metabolic stress causes muscle growth has been largely debunked over the last years. I mentioned uh, that the jury's still out there. And what I assume that Menno means there is that it's uh, metabolic stress is not directly one-to-one causative of muscle growth meaning mechanical stress is always the primary driver, which of course I believe to be true as well. To backtrack just a bit, what I mean by metabolic stress is the metabolite accumulation, the pump and the burn uh, that you get from BFR training in particular because less blood flow is reaching your limb and no blood is leaving your limb. So you get this crazy pump and burn. That metabolic stress is hypothesized uh, historically to be a large contributor to muscle growth of the occluded limbs. I think it's very difficult to make the argument that metabolic stress doesn't play any role in muscle growth. And again, I, I don't think that's what Menno is saying. I've described it historically on this podcast as sort of a side contributor to muscle growth. And I think we tend to have 
an obsession over finding, you know, what is the driver of hypertrophy, this one thing, uh, which, you know, at the end of the day, mechanical stress is kind of the central pillar. But we have, we seem to have this tendency to try to isolate it down to it can only be one thing. But in what other complex system do we expect there to be just one blanket mechanism that covers everything? A good example would be like asking, you know, I, I want to build a great car for the tracks. Like what's better, the drivetrain or the engine? It's like, well, you need both. And so in this case, I think metabolic stress plays a, a side role. Uh, that's a bit of a tangent there, but I did have to touch on that portion before we move on. But in looking at this, it is very interesting. Of course, we've we've long believed that the benefits of BFR primarily target the occluded limbs, or, or at least the benefits hit their most versus your chest and your glutes. But this study is suggesting something else. So where does that leave us? Well, there's a bit to consider here. And when I first dug into this meta-analysis, the first thing I noticed was the training protocols. Every single one of them involved exercises that directly target uh, the muscles that grew the most, the ones proximal to the cuff. So a couple examples. Remember, there were nine studies in this meta-analysis. So from that group, we had Green et al. 2020. The protocol was bench press, scap retraction, and bent rows. Salyers 2017, bench press. Uh, Thebaud, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, 2013, chest press, seated row, shoulder press. Yamanaka et al. 2012, bench press. Yasuda et al. 2010, bench press. Yasuda et al. 2011, bench press. So that was six of the nine studies included. The rest generally involved some sort of internal external rotation exercises, which I thought was interesting, and like shoulder abduction, things like that. One, uh, in fairness, did involve uh, tricep extensions. But overwhelmingly, this was... It, Brief pause, if you're enjoying the BFR podcast and want to learn more about BFR training, we've put together a free BFR ebook for you. The Comprehensive Guide to BFR Training covers everything from basics of BFR physiology to benefits, protocols, research reviews, and more. You can find a link to download it in the show notes or directly on our site at saga.fitness. All right, let's get back to the show. Almost a, an aggregate of bench press protocols under BFR. We know that your triceps can and will grow from bench press. Uh, but at the end of the day, bench is a chest exercise. And, you know, rows hit your biceps, but it's a back exercise at the end of the day. I would actually be surprised if the protocols in these studies elicited greater gains in the biceps and triceps than the chest and shoulders, given the protocols that they did. So that's point number one, just taking a bit of a deeper dive into the study, looking at the protocols. I would not by any means close the book on occluded limbs at this stage. I would not necessarily suggest that they do not receive any sort of extra stimulus versus the non-included. And for the record, this is actually a remarkably positive review on BFR from Menno. Uh, he's, he's suggesting that BFR allows you to train at extremely low loads and still put on muscle in all muscle groups, which there's clearly evidence for. I just don't think the current scientific landscape warrants kind of ruling out any extra benefits for the occluded limb. But let's say that it does. Let's say we have a magic study genie who can orchestrate the perfect series of 50 studies and we come out with the understanding that, yep, chest, shoulders, glutes grow exactly as much as the occluded limbs from BFR training. What could possibly explain that? Well, I think there's two possible explanations here. One meno hit directly on, uh, which is the obvious it just makes the whole exercise more difficult. 
when a large percentage of oxygen in your triceps and biceps is occluded so that you know blood carries oxygen less blood less oxygen is reaching those muscles that just makes it more difficult on your biceps and triceps but also on the chest and shoulders because they kind of have to carry uh, the load uh, more than they would otherwise with the triceps and biceps kind of getting crushed a little bit more so that's one explanation the second one could be something systemic so due to the i guess we could call it a super physiological metabolite accumulation and hypoxia you know, we're going to see lower levels of, of muscle oxygen, probably greater levels of metabolite in the, in the muscle than we would without the occlusion of blood flow to the limb. Due to that, there could be some sort of body-wide or, you know, systemic effect that could lead to full body muscle growth more. We've seen a few studies touch on this now. One of them, a systematic review that I've, I've referenced the systemic effects of blood flow restriction training. I believe there's some literature around the reduction in uh, myostatin gene expression from BFR training. So myostatin gene, it's when elevated, it can reduce potentially muscle growth. Uh, so we've seen this with, if you've ever seen the picture of a super muscular looking cow, that is a cow that has some sort of disruption to the myostatin gene, a bit out of my wheelhouse here, but it, it effectively just naturally puts on an obscene amount of muscle. It looks like the cow is on steroids. And so there, there could be potentially, potentially, potentially some systemic effect from BFR training where the reduction in myostatin gene expression could contribute to some kind of systemic muscle growth potentially that would explain the chest and shoulder and glute growth from BFR training. Again, uh, jury's still out there, but that's one potential mechanism. We have seen in other studies, one study I'm, I'm aware of in elderly participants where serum growth hormone concentration increased pretty significantly using BFR training versus non-BFR. So that's potentially, the, this is just an example, certainly not directly theorizing this, but just a couple examples here of how potentially there could be a systemic effect of BFR training that we'll learn, you know, down the road as we, as we dig into this more. Ultimately, we don't know though. Many speculate that there are systemic factors at play. And I think that that's probably an interesting conversation to have and probably an interesting few guests to bring on that, that are maybe more interested or educated, I guess, on this, this portion. We've seen, and I would have to dig this study up if, if I do before this publishes, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, but I believe we've, uh, a couple studies have shown greater gains in the opposite limb. So BFR training on your left leg or non-BFR training on your left leg and the right leg in the BFR training group would actually grow more than the right leg in the non-BFR training group. So that again would be another indicator of potentially some sort of systemic effect. But at the end of the day, it's probably just either again practically that it makes the exercise more difficult it might be the systemic effect or it could be a combination of the two of those but where does this leave us exactly well it's great news for those that want to incorporate bfr into their regular training program and train at lighter loads because it appears that you know you don't have to sacrifice chest shoulder and glute gains by adding bfr into your protocol if it's me, I'm still broadly going to focus on distal muscles, but incorporate BFR in any situation where it's applicable. 
And if you're wondering what those situations are, scroll back a bit on this podcast. We have a full episode called When Should You Train BFR? Situations where BFR shines. I think it's called something like that. We go into detail on the four specific instances that make most sense to train under BFR. So if you want more info, see that episode. But that's all for now. I hope that this was interesting, gave you some bit of info, a bit to think about, and go enjoy your BFR training. Have a great week. Stay strong. We'll see you on the next episode.